I didn't have many friends, didn't have hardly any friends at all. Couldn't really relate to the people I was working with. Really wasn't enjoying myself at all. And I would go out for happy hours once in a while. And uh, there were these two cute girls over at the end of the, end of the bar. And, I, and I'm sitting there with my drink. I, I don't know if I was with colleagues or not, but I was sitting there holding my drink. And I was looking at them. And I was thinking, God, I want them on air. I really want to go up and say hi to them. I really want to go talk to them. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And just, all those thoughts started going through my head, right? Welcome to the Social Expression Podcast, where you can discover how to level up your confidence, charisma, communication abilities, and all of your people skills to help you create that it factor, that magnetic presence that people are drawn to and can feel when they're around someone who has it. And whether it's in real life or online, in virtual meetings or calls, on social media, or anywhere that you interact with people, the end goal is to help you develop a powerful presence and skill sets that naturally bring quality connections and relationships with others, helping you expand your network and positive influence. Also, you can have more fulfillment and success at work, in social situations, in love, and in all of life. The Social Expression Podcast is presented by Coach David Hamilton. That's me. And this podcast is designed to help two types of people. Number one, ambitious, achievement-oriented humans who are skilled at what they do. They have sharp, technical, creative skills. They're really solid in their hard skills in their career or business, but they're facing challenges with the softer or people side of things. And that's limiting their potential. And they want to break through and accelerate their success to new levels by developing a powerful, more magnetic presence, becoming confident and skilled communicators, and developing better leadership qualities too. Also, they can maximize their potential and success in work and life. And number two, people who want more out of life. If they're feeling limited by high introversion, struggling with shyness, social anxiety, having challenges with their confidence, and in connecting and communicating with others, which holds them back from the opportunities and success in life that they want. And so, no matter which category you fall into, as long as you truly want to improve yourself and your people skills, up-level your confidence and charisma and develop a presence that positively influences and impacts people wherever you go so you can create the relationships, the success, and the fulfillment that matters to you in life, then you're in the right place. All this information is 100% free, so if you like what you hear, please subscribe to and review the Social Expression Podcast. And now, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, it's David from socialexpression.net and I'm very, very pleased to have with me my friend and fellow coach uh, Shogo Garcia. Uh, Today we are talking about the dangers of being selective and picking who you want to talk to, who you want to be social with versus connecting with everyone. It's a topic that um, Shogo and I went back and forth over email. What are we going to talk about? What would really help you guys out? Uh, It just sort of naturally grew out of it. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's an amazing topic because I find I've struggled with that at times too. And Shogo has a lot of awesome, amazing experience, knowledge, and wisdom that he's going to share with us today. We're going to have a an interview with Shogo, but also we call it an interjam, some, a term I made up that uh, we're going to go back and forth um, as well. But I really want you guys to get introduced to Shogo and, and see how awesome he is and subscribe to his stuff and all that because he's so great. So, hey, sh- welcome, Shogo. Thank you. Thanks for the introduction, man. It's very... Very cool of you. Very nice. Very nice to say all that. Well, it's it's that's <laughs> what I think about you. So <laughs> just uh, just being as honest as I can. Um, <laughs> cool. So so this you know this is a wide and rich topic. We can go a lot of different places. Yeah. And um, you know the first thing that occurs to me, even as you said it to me the other day, I was like. I found myself, I was doing that a little bit. I was being a little selective as I was out and about being social. I was like, damn, damn, I got caught in that. And, uh, yeah. and just how it doesn't feel as good as well. So, you know, what's kind of the, you know, the first thing that 
comes to mind is, you know, what's the problem? What's the danger of like picking and choosing who you talk to versus kind of connecting with everyone? Well, I think you hit it. I think you hit the nail on the head right there, right? When you said that, um, that, you know, you be, we catch ourselves doing that. And I, I do too, of course. That's why I think it's such an important thing to talk about. Um, you know, it's especially when we hit our own blind spots and the things that we tend to do ourselves. But the key is, you already said it, is um, it doesn't feel good when we do it, uh, I, th I think. And of course, when it comes down to going out there and being social and socializing and connecting with people especially, right? I mean, it's like we want to put our best foot forward and all that stuff and all those, um, you know, desires to get there and all that stuff comes the anxiety, right? We want to be our best selves and present our best selves. But if we're not feeling good while we're doing it, it makes it so difficult. It's almost like um, we're being pulled in two different directions, right? Like we want to move, we want to run forward or walk forward or sprint forward, or whatever pace we want to take. But somehow it feels like something's pulling back on us at the same time, and that's that kind of like oh, that terrible feeling that we get, right, when we're out in social situations. Um, which I know you can relate to that, and I'm sure a lot of I definitely can. I'm sure a lot of people out there can as well. Um, but the really the big key is what I think the thing that pulls us back is the fact that we don't really feel good about ourselves while we're doing it, or we don't really feel good about our motivations for what we're doing. So there's always this kind of part of us that we're keeping hidden, right? This, this thing that um, we're not, I guess, not being fully honest and open about. And I um, like what you, said right in the, what you said right in the beginning as well, that thing about being honesty, uh, the thing about being honest, and you know, we try to be as honest as we can because when we're not, um, it doesn't feel as good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and just so I can be as honest as I can, uh, I forgot to ask you, you know, about your journey and your story. So everybody knows how you got here, you right. know, how you came to be who you are and the coach that you are and helping people and then your journey on this. So tell us some about your story. We'd love to hear that. Sure. Um, well, my name is Shogo. Um, I'm 33 years old and I'm from California, United States. And I, you know, um, I don't, as a coach in, in this industry, we, you know, we come across so many different characters and so many different people who have just wonderful stories. And um, there's kind of always this kind of like tipping point, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a really low, low, and then there's this kind of upward journey and maybe a couple ups and downs and stuff. And, and I would say that for me, it's been, you know, that it's been a journey the entire time. I don't think there was ever really a point um, in my life where I could say, okay, I hit this all time rock bottom and I just resolved, I just, you know, um, resolved myself to say, I'm going to try to figure this thing out with, um, you know, with whatever, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to try to be successful. I'm going to try to be more social. I'm going to try to beat this massive social anxiety that I have. But I certainly, I think one thing that I do have is that, um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have social anxiety, but I certainly, and I don't know if I ever really did, but I certainly understand what it's like. Um, and I certainly understand the mind that comes behind that is behind it because, you know, those, we have all of those feelings. I think, you know, all of the thoughts and all the feelings are all within us. Um, I, just, I feel like I am very in tune to what it's like to have a very strong sense of social anxiety, very strong sense of um, self-awareness and, and self-awareness almost to an extent where it can harm us, right? But um, I guess my journey, if you could call it that, um, would be to when I became a coach. Was I'm a lawyer by trade originally, and I was a bartender in New York City for all, all around the world, but um, mostly in New York City for about five years. And you know, as a bartender, that's kind of, you have to be social, you know, and I was all the time and I didn't have a lot of difficulty doing it. Uh, and I, you know, I love my social life and all that. But then at some point I thought, okay, well, I got to really settle down here and got to uh, become more mature and, 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 you know, grow up, you know, as they say. So 
So I went to law school and, um, and I don't, I didn't really know why I kind of just did it. Cause it was a thing to do. Cause I, you know, talks with my mom were like, what are you gonna do with your life? What are you gonna do with your life? I saw my friends moving on. So my friends settling down, getting careers. I said, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should do that. Even though I really liked my, 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 my little bartending life. It was great. Um, went through law school and school was fun and I could kind of, um, enjoy being a student again. But then when it came time to actually being a lawyer, I remember sitting, I had this one job and I was working in Frankfurt in Germany. It was my first job out of school. And I was always a lawyer. Well, uh, so it was the period before you have to take the exam, right? And then you don't find out what your exam results are until later. So it was this, this, inter, inter, this in-between period. And then after that, they kind of give you an offer. So I was sitting in this, in this office and I just, I just hated it. You know, it was, um, this kind of, it looked good. I had my suit on and stuff and there was like free Starbucks downstairs and they kind of pamper you and, um, but it's very sterile. And, um, I remember I just ended up like, I didn't have many friends, uh, didn't have hardly any friends at all. I couldn't really relate to the people I was working with, um, because I didn't have anything in common with them. I thought, I thought that they were very much on a serious track and they had their interests and I didn't have interests like that at all. Um, and I would, you know, eventually I would just go home and, and sit at home and, and watch TV. And I was at a point where I was, you know, smoking a half a pack of cigarettes a day, drinking a bottle of wine just to unwind, just to kind of get the stress off. And uh, I really wasn't enjoying myself at all. And I would go out for happy hours once in a while. And I remember sitting at this bar uh, and I was about 20, must've been 27, 28 years old. It's about five years ago. Um, and uh, there were these two cute girls over at the end of the, end of the bar and I, and I, and I'm sitting there with my drink. I, I don't know if I was with colleagues or not, but I was sitting there holding my drink and just looking at them. I was like, God, I wonder if they're going to really want to go up and say hi to them. I really want to go talk to them, you know, get to know them, see what they're all about. And then I, I thought, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And just, all those thoughts started going through my head, right? And there are thoughts that, have, that were kind of always there, but they really became a problem at this point in my life. And, you know, this is coming from being a bartender for, for so many years and knowing, you know, a bar was like my home. I love being in a bar. Now suddenly I'm standing there collecting my drink and I can't go over there and say hi to those girls over there and start a conversation. I lost all of that kind of this, I wouldn't, I don't, I guess you could call it confidence, but it's more in a belief in uh, belief that everything's going to be okay. Belief that I have something to share about myself. And so I remember I just finished my drink and I went home and, um, and I couldn't figure out why, and it kept happening to me. And then I would go to parties, and, I, and it kept happening to me more and more. And I was kind of, I became more and more fake, I guess, less and less honest, because I wasn't really being honest with myself and where I was at. And, uh, and at one point, not that much long later than that, I decided to just quit um, what I was doing. And it was kind of this decision. And this, I guess, would be like a kind of this peak experience. Um, I just decided to quit in the realization that I didn't have to do this, uh, kind of in the realization that, um, I didn't have to do anything at all. And all the pressure that I think we put on ourselves, whether it's in social situations or jobs or in our relationships, whatever, um, so much anxiety comes in because we think we have to be a certain way. We think we have to uh, be a certain way, whether it's now or do something in order to affect a situation to happen in the future. Right. And I know you know this very well, David. And so, um, you know, just releasing that thought of, I don't have to do any of this. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to control anything at all. Um, just brought to me an enormous sense of um, all of that kind of power, I guess, confidence, whatever you want to call it. Um, the moment I released myself from that, from, from the, the thought that I had to be this, all kind of came back to me. And then within a year, I uh, 
decided to start up a coaching business and uh, just basically based off of that one realization um, and all revolved around, uh, started off as a dating coach and still very much am a dating coach, but mostly social anxiety, a lot to do with conversation skills, a lot to do with just feeling comfortable with where you're at and who you are as a person. And that's amazing story of realization. I, I, I think it's happened for so many of us. Everybody on the journey has their realizations. Yeah. And, and it doesn't stop. We don't stop having realizations as far as I've seen or insights is another way to say it. <clears throat> and I just love that, you know, self-honesty too. you're just like, this is not for me. This, yeah. is not, this is not working out. And that we all have that capacity to to do that no matter how fake we feel. And I think no matter how fake we think somebody else is, mm -hmm. they're just a fake person. They're superficial. They'll never, you know, it's a beautiful example of somebody who, you know, was more superficial or fake or trying to fake it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you're in that place, not saying you're that kind of person, but that's just how you were showing up. Definitely. We've all been there. I've been there too. I did yeah. pick up for crying out loud. <laughs> not that I really don't have anything against pickup in general i had a big phase where i hated it you know mm -hmm. but there are goods and bads just like anything i don't i really but you can get into a lot of trouble psychologically with it <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah. so yeah thanks for sharing that man that's that's really that's a really powerful story um and and so for you what you know on this journey now where are you at as far as you know in your own evolution you know, because some things you said at the end really caught me there about, you know, you work with people dating, social anxiety, social skills, being comfortable with who they are. Yeah. You know, how is it that you, you know, what kind of people are coming to you, guys, girls, you work, work mainly with guys and, and how do, what's your kind of method way, you know, I don't even like those words that, that yeah. you help them be more of who they are and kind of, you know, shed the layers, shed the shell. Yeah, you know, I work mostly, all my, my direct contact work when it's kind of things like this over Skype or in person or over the phone has been all men so far. I do have some women I work with over via email, a couple of calls with, but no long-term things with women. Although I do have a lot of women on, who, who watch my videos and who um, follow my newsletter and so forth. I'd say probably about a third of them, but 25% to a third are, are, are women and then the rest are men. Most of them are around my age, actually, uh, around 33 like me, I'd say early thirties and, um, are kind of going through a big crisis in, um, in many things, it, mostly in identity, right. And who we are, um, you know, it really varies, I would say though, because sometimes I have people who are very comfortable in their jobs and sometimes I have people who are, or not, or going through this, um, reevaluation of who they are as a person. Um, and this kind of thought of, have I been sincere all along? <laughs> have I been faking it all along? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of one big thing that's, uh, that, that sticks out in my mind is kind of like this big question is like, are we being sincere with who we are? Um, and that is also something that comes down to honesty, but it's honesty not in the sense of um, telling the truth, but honesty in the sense of being, uh, of seeing ourselves clearly and seeing who we are clearly. And, and are we expressing ourselves honestly? Are we expressing how we really feel? Not just are we expressing how we see things the way that they are, what's right and what's wrong and what's true and what's not true, but are we expressing how we feel about ourselves? Um, and this is something I think that goes up and down all the time. I mean, if I had this rocky journey of, okay, who I am, who am I, what do I want to do for a living, all this stuff, and I don't really know, and maybe I have to create this fake persona, and I don't really enjoy doing it. 
well, then you, you know, you jump into something else and you know, then I'm a coach suddenly and it's, then the question is, okay, well, I'm a, a dating coach now. Uh, do I feel comfortable doing this? Um, and if I'm a dating coach, do I feel comfortable telling other people that I'm a dating coach? Um, I had to deal with that for a very long time. Right? Oh, like Hitch. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Oh yeah, you're like that, or like that movie Hitch, right? All the time, constantly, right? <laughs> um, but you know, those questions I think come up all, over and over and over again. It doesn't really matter where we are, you know, where we are. I think there's a, uh, you know, I, I know that you say this, that it's, the, that it's the process and it's the journey and it's not the kind of getting, getting, getting to the end there. Um, but there, the beauty, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain beauty in that, I think, that, that if we can enjoy the process as we're, as we're going through it right now, um, that makes everything worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the outcome, right? Outcome independence is a big thing that happens. Oh, in, 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 but it, there, there's a real truth in that, being unattached to the outcome. We can, oh. we can about the, it's, it's great to get outcomes and results, but if we are constantly attaching our self-worth and our, station in life and all that kind of stuff to that then our journey becomes one of being thrown around on the waves instead of riding the waves because the waves the waves are going to be go up and down anyways <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah kind of how yeah. i find it to be so that's all and there's some things there that that i i want to hit on but i but i do want to take it back to this direction of you know selecting and choosing to be social with certain people maybe people that you think are cooler or higher status you know right right versus everyone or you know even okay well just talk to women if you're a guy who wants to you know get better with women or get more dates or get more sex or find a girlfriend you know whatever and for the girl side you know if we're, we're going to address both sexes here because you know you work with guys i work with both men and women though lately i'm going towards more men working with men more mm -hmm. um it, it, you know i don't know how it'd be on the flip side but definitely that gender selection you know mm -hmm. because yeah. my sense of it is it connects better you know as well with a woman when i don't worry about that and that at some point there is a sexual part that is different yeah yeah you know, you what's interesting about the women, the women thing, a lot of the women that I've talked to might just be um, because of where I'm at and the things I talk about have a, they have a very easy time connecting with men and not such a hard time connecting with other women. Uh, and it's funny, even though, even in this, the dating side of it, when I work with men um, who want more help connecting with women, what it really comes, you know, when you really look at it and you, you evaluate where you're at, even though you want more dates and you want to learn how to connect with women and whatever you want, abundance of women in your life, maybe you want a girlfriend, a wife, whatever. Um, you know, you work for a while on this and you kind of evaluate yourself and you think of where you're at and where you're having issues connecting and what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy. And suddenly you realize that, wait a minute, I have issues connecting with men as well. Um, I, have an, I have issues making male friends, making true male friends, just as much as I have, um, you know, connecting with the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think there is very much a, uh, th there is a, mm -hmm. it, it's got nothing, you know, our issues have nothing to do with the, I shouldn't say nothing to do. But if we're unable to connect with the opposite sex, um, it's not, the issue is not in that alone. It's not our inability to connect with the opposite sex. It, it's much deeper than that. It's our ability to connect with people and with ourselves, of course, right? Um, and I think what you said in the beginning, what, what you, you touched on this a second, the outcome independence thing. Um, I think there are certain people that we tend to, kind of like, this is where the danger comes in. It's like, well, do we, we want to only talk to the cool people, right? Or we only want to talk to the people who uh, can give us, um, 
you know, can help us out at our workplace or something, can maybe be able to offer us a better job or can get us a promotion. Those are the people that we really want to talk to. And the people that are under us, we don't really care about that. Um, or we only want to talk to the beautiful women and not the, not the women who we don't think are so beautiful because uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe she's going to be my girlfriend or maybe because it feels good to have attention from women I think are attractive. All of these things that we have like scrolling in our heads, right? The more and more we kind of, the more we get sucked into that, we allow ourselves to get sucked into that, the more and more dangerous it is. I think for several reasons. One is this kind of outcome independence thing that you're talking about. You know, um, do we have to be independent from an outcome? So you want to go talk to somebody and um, we can't go and do it. Kind of something's holding us back from doing it. We can't really tell what it is. Maybe it's because we put all this pressure on ourselves to, um, you know, if it's somebody who is a higher ranking uh, at our job place or whatever, somebody who we need to kind of impress um, at our workplace, and we see him at an office party and we want to go say hi to him and we say something stupid. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that, right? Or, or we see him at the corner of the party, we don't say anything at all. We like really want to go talk to him, make a good impression. God, but then you have to say, tell a joke. And what if he doesn't laugh at my joke? And then, oh man. And then, and then before you know it, the night's up and you never do anything at all. Um, you know, I don't know if we have to be free from the outcome itself because I think it's okay to care what other people think about us. I think, it, I think it's a healthy thing. Um, the danger, of course, is when we let our worries about what other people think about us stop us from doing what we really want to do. Um, I don't think we have to stop, you know, I don't care what you think about me, all this stuff, you know, it's like, I give, I give zero Fs, right? I give zero fucks. All that stuff is like, it's kind of like just all, it's in my, in my opinion, those thoughts are just reaffirming, reasserting, uh, the fact that you do, you really do care a lot and it's okay to care. I think when we allow ourselves to care and we allow ourselves to feel the fact that we do care, uh, and kind of sit in that humanity of it. Ironically, almost or counterintuitively, the care, the worry of it, subsides more and more. Yeah, how how kind of shows up for me is, you know, I I how I see it is, it actually can be beneficial not to care what they think, but care about them. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, what they think is what we think is just mind ego crap, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That's kind of where I'm at with it, but I can see how it's the same thing of like, well, I care what they think because it's really what they believe deeply and truly. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but there's a way that I've noticed that I can go about, well, I don't care what they think and it can be very cold and heartless. Mm-hmm. Versus I'm not going to listen to them because I know it's not really who they are, but mm-hmm. I'm listening for that and I'm connecting into that. And that's where the heart opens up more. That's where the connection is maintained or even wider or stronger because mm-hmm. I'm the totality of who they are, not only what they think or say, but more the relationship that we have. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's really interesting what you said, because that actually brings up two different points there. There's two, two ways of caring what other people think about us, right? Of this whole like worrying about what other people think about us. One is, and I think it's what you were addressing more is when you actually have the reaction from the person and then you let that get to you and you think in your bed and you're like, Oh my God, and you, you go home at night and then you sit with it and you're rustling around and you can't get it out of your head. And then you start getting angry, maybe, right? You start thinking, wondering, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And, and, and those thoughts are kind of, they're our own stuff. Like you said, that that kind of the, the ego-based thing. It's our own shit, and we're carrying it inside of us um, because of what somebody else said or the way somebody else reacted to us. Uh, and then on the flip side, uh, there's also this caring about what other people think about us before even knowing what it is. Um, and this is kind of the social anxiety type of caring, right? Uh, this kind of desire to control the unknown. Yeah. The what ifs, what if they think this, what if they say that, what if I fuck this up, what if, what if, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it's it's just a constantly endlessly fascinating thing to me but i think one thing that what what i've also been learning is is how emotions and, and feelings are an indicator of where my thinking is at yeah. uh so if i'm like yeah i don't care what they think you know whatever and i feel really disconnected from myself that's the wrong direction mm -hmm. but if i'm like yeah i'm just not gonna you know care what they think but it feels kind of open in, in my body that's how i experience it and i'm not it's like one way is kind of like you know faking not caring and kind of fronting like you said like before which is you know how did you say it it's uh the opposite of caring what others think but it's still kind of the same thing <laughs> right 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 it's the negative side of the whatever you know versus no i'm like because i've also noticed especially in business like i've been in part of entrepreneurs groups where you know when when you come from a place of being really unsure about your business you like you know what do you guys think and then you get all this feedback in and it just you know you feel all screwed up but it's because you're already all screwed up yeah yeah versus you get some feedback and you take it in very neutrally and then you decide whether you'll take it or discard it like the bruce lee right take what's useful mm. discard the rest basically mm. and you take it you don't take it personal your ego doesn't take a hit because it's not it isn't personal anyways in the end what others think and it doesn't mean we just it's sort of like don't care but don't not care right <laughs> yeah it's like listen but don't listen yeah it sounds counterintuitive but I'm, but i understand what you mean and it makes it makes perfect sense you know you i like i love the way that you describe that because um to me it hits on the most the fundamental the most the, the, the most the foundation of it which is always come back to yourself yeah you know uh, it's so important. Uh, we kind of, I mean, all we, it, it's interesting because we, can, we can't really ever see ourselves. It's really hard for us to really get a very clear image of ourselves. I don't, we can't really. It's impossible for us to ever see ourselves. Even though I'm kind of looking at myself here in the, in the, in the, in the camera down there. Yeah. I can't really see myself. That's a kind of a little tiny little pixelated screen. It's a little bit lagged behind. To, ever, to really get a clear mirror image of who you are at any point in time is, is impossible. But, um, what we do see all the time is everything else, <laughs> everything else that's not us, right? We're kind of like this, um, kind of like a video camera, like a flashlight, I guess, kind of shining on everything out there, you know, shining light on everything, looking at everything, but it can see everything, but it, it, but it can't see itself ever. But what we can do is we can always come back to ourselves and how we process things. We can always come back uh, and how we feel things, how we think about things. That's, that, that's our power, you know? That's our real, that, that's kind of our bedrock, I think. That's this kind of whole thing about, okay, what is confidence all about? Well, if we can come back and we can trust the, ourselves and trust the process of feeling and emotions and thoughts that we're going through um, and, and rely on that instead of relying directly on what we see and then forgetting about ourselves, um, it, it, that, that's where true power comes in, I think. Um, and this, this, like, whether or not we care about other people think about us, how should we care about it? What's the extent that we should care about it? Well, always bring it back to yourself because a lot of times we let that instant sense perception from the outside up. Oh, there we go. It, it, it affects us right away. That made us angry right away. Um, oh, she rejected me right away. Uh, oh, he ignored me. Oh, I didn't do it. All this stuff. But, we, but, but we're letting our emotions and our thoughts be, be directed, not from how, we're act, how they're actually coming into us, but immediately we're, we're, ignoring the, we're ignoring the most important part, which is us. And we're seeing the outside and we're thinking, that made me do that. That made me feel this way. Right. Right. And I think that's, that's a beautiful little depiction there. If you're like, I'm looking at myself in the camera, because we can only see a projection of ourselves. It's a perfect example. Like, and the self is just a projection anyway. 
you know, what the self that we are, because we're, as far as I know, we're mini selves. Mm. We're multiple selves. I was just listening to this guy named Gurdjieff this morning. I, I, I freak out on all these spiritual teachings stuff all the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And a lot of his stuff, some of it is frankly quite weird because mm -hmm. when you get spiritual and try to tie science in there, you're going down a very dangerous path as far as, you know, keep it spiritual. Don't go. It's just, it's two different things to me in many ways. I mean, there are crossovers, but whatever, but he was talking, they were talking about, you know, we have many different eyes and that's the little eye, right? That's show. Uh, I remember I watched actually, yes, the video with you and Morton, mm. another awesome, great dude where you're like, well, I'm different with my mother. I'm different with my girlfriend. I'm different. With you. Those are the many different eyes. Those are the many yeah. different selves. Yeah. And those aren't fundamentally real. And then the big eye, which is the eye that we, what I've come to experience is we sense and feel it, but we can't really see it directly. Mm. Can't is the one that knows, you know, is the most connected, one of the most connected places I can come from. Mm. You know, if somebody gives me a bad reaction, if I'm, you know, caught up in, in a particular version of myself, right? David, the cool, confident David, and it hits up against that. That's where I start to go versus uh, yeah, yeah. I don't follow that self image. I don't follow those thoughts, even, even if it's a positive one, mm. which is kind of the weird thing. Cause there are people out there teaching this stuff. Well, have these beliefs and have that stuff and be confident and cool. And that stuff can get you a result. But I've found at least for me, and I think a lot of people there can sometimes feel like, well, depending on how we're feeling in our lives or in our mood or whatever, it can feel pretty inauthentic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, I'm sure you get this a lot where, um, you know, you get, um, um, people coming to talk to you or clients coming to talk to you and you say, well, I want to be more, um, I want to be less shy. You know, I want to be less introverted. I want to be this and that and this, um, well, and, and you want to have all these things. You want to change yourself in certain ways, but we don't ask ourselves why we want to change that way. You know, I want to be more extroverted or whatever it is. We don't really ask ourselves why we want to do all these things. And I think the real key behind it comes from if we look at what it is that we really want, uh, which is not if we're introverted to be less introverted or for, or for maybe have certain hangouts or whatever, not to, to, to really break and, and go the extreme. But I think it's really comes down to being comfortable with where, who we are um, it, it, really at the, at the end of the day. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's yeah. using these things as your, to your advantage, I guess, or using these things in such a way where you feel comfortable integrating. I think the word connection comes up, which is part of the title of our interjam here. Um, the word connection, it, it, it strikes me. This is a part of my story. I don't always tell, but I'm a musician. I'm a singer and songwriter and oh, guitar okay. player. Right. And when I was so shy and awkward, and a lot of times it came across as aloof or I'd be mean to people hmm. or really rude. And definitely not talk to people I didn't know. And, you know, I had this mystery thing going on. So some people talked to me. But I remember saying, I write music because I want to connect with others. I want to communicate and connect. Mm -hmm. And I, it still resonates with me. And that's what I think really great music does is connects with people, connect with themselves as the artist, connect with other people. And that connection piece is so if – I, if I just pay attention to connection – versus what do I say? What do I do? How do I look? How do I appear? Things much more naturally and, and, and effortlessly take care of themselves. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about who to talk to or this or that. 
as much and thinks, you know, in that same video that I'm going to reference, I think it was confidence equals truth. And actually an email I just sent out, I mentioned to you oh, wow. in that video and I said, Hey, we're going to be doing this interview. And, and you said, there's a girl over there at the bar and you're like, I want to talk to her. I want to do this and all that. But the, but the river of life is going this way and she's just not in your river of life, man. Yeah. It's not that she couldn't be. And it's, you know, cause there there's, that's a very different way than, nut up you pussy and go talk to that beautiful girl <laughs> which is a lot of that do all the approaches talk to all the women push through it and i'm not saying that i'm not saying one is more right than the other i'm saying it's just totally different yeah it's it's to be aware of it's to be aware of those two things is the key right to be aware of what it is what are we really doing here you know you can do whatever you want but are you actually aware that there's something else going on underneath all of that stuff that you're doing and all that stuff that we're trying to carve our way into the world, make our little space, make ourselves known, create this identity. There's a whole nother thing going on. There's a whole nother expansion that's happening. Um, uh, that's going that way, whether we want it to or not, we're still part of it, whether we want it to or not, you know, we look the way that we look and we can do things about that. And we, we, you know, our personalities are the way that we are and we can work on that stuff, but, uh, there's a foundation of it where we came from is the way that it is, whether we want it to or not. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think this really comes into play in a very big way. You know what you reminded me of that, um, you know, man up and just go do it versus, well, you might, it might just not be the right time for you. I just came back um, yesterday, uh, two days ago from, um, I was in Romania and uh, with a group of 16 guys, there were 16 of us and we were there for an event. And um, they were all, the one thing that they had in common, almost all of them were single. A couple of them had girlfriends. They wanted to be better men. They wanted to be more attractive to women. They wanted to learn more about women. They wanted more leadership, all these things. Um, <clears throat> but there was an underlying tone of, well, in order to uh, do these things, we have to go out and we have to go out and meet women, right? So um, a lot of the events that were taking place that I hardly went to any of them were to go out to bars and go out to clubs and learn how to go talk to women. Um, but in my opinion, not, I guess this shouldn't really be in my opinion, but what I saw and the way that I feel about myself is like, I don't really like going to clubs or bars. I like bar. I used to be a bartender. I like going to bars once in a while. I like to go to a quiet bar. Clubs I hate unless there's like a huge birthday party and there's a reason for me to go. I'll never step foot in one. Um, but why is it that we are changing the things that we want to do for ourselves, the things that we know make us happy in order to get to this kind of perceived projected result? Um, you know, there, there's a way, there's a very beautiful way to reconcile the two at the same time, to be harmonious in the two. Um, if we want to work on our social skills, we don't have to go and like put ourselves in the middle of a busy mall to learn how to do it. Not at all. You know, now if we're holed up in our room and, and all we do is sit on the computer and we, we are definitely afraid of people, um, that's, that's a little bit different. You have to start taking steps. Yeah. But once you're out there and you're, and, and you're interacting with several people a day, or you're, sorry, you're coming across several people a day that you may not be interacting with, you don't have to change your lifestyle around to learn how to connect. Beautiful, man. I love that. It's something, especially when I work with people, I, I want to know all their interests because I want them finding out ways to be social aligned with that. Cause the context is so easy to not only start conversations, but to connect with people mm -hmm. and not that that's the only way, but where are they already going? What are they already doing? And where do they want to go? But yeah, the shyness and the anxiety might be holding them back, but it's like, look, you got a passion for this it should be, you know, this is perfect for you to get out of your shell and out from behind your computer, as you said, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, for me, like I do like going out 
you know, to the bars and stuff sometimes, but it's usually like, no, I'm older. I like to go out earlier or I like to, right. you know, I went out the other night and went to a few places and had a lot of fun and, uh, you know, talked to some women and whatever. And, but I wasn't out to do that. You know, I wasn't out to do that. And, you know, I'm going to, I like doing throwing happy hours together sometimes. Cause I like, you know, if I want to go out to a place, I want, to put it together and I'm the leader guy <laughs> sometimes, yeah. you know, I put it together, but it's still not about that. It's still about getting everybody together. It's just having a big group of friends out. But, you know, for a while over the winter, I was working here at home, uh, the home, the home office more and, and I have an actual office. And then I started going the last few weeks and I met like six people in a week. Mm. And, and uh, like you said, it's just going through the day. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And some sometimes I say hi to people four or five times before actually a conversation to get started. Oh, it's usually a lot of times I'm the one to start it. Because mm -hmm. you know, you know, you notice how unsocial people can be, at least in this country. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can really be um not everyone, but you know, or they get in the work zone and it's like, hey, what's going on? How's your day? You know, mm -hmm. how are you? And it's just so fascinating to me um, that, and sometimes it's me. I'm going to totally admit to that. Sometimes it's me being in that zone and going. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah definitely. And it's, it's, it's fully okay to be that. It's like, I think that we don't, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves. You know, yeah. it's this whole thing. And kind of what I was trying to get at in the beginning when I was telling my story, like a, one story in, in my story, which is like, you, you know, you release yourself from that thought of like, I have to do this and I have to be this way. And it's and it starts coming to you, and you know the realization that all of these things that we want actually come to us um, when we're open, right? Or, or they're they're flowing through us anyway. Um, um, it's it, it's easy to kind of sit here and talk about it and blah 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 blah, but but it's very true. And you know this um, like letting go of the need to have to be this way. So you get this. You want people. You want people. Uh, people who come to you want to be social. People who come to me want to learn how to be social. They want to learn how to connect and talk to everybody. Uh, all of this stuff. Um, but that does not mean that you have to change your identity into, I have to be this 100% social person all the time in any given situation. I have to be super social man. Right. You know? Um, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not social at all, you kind of want that. And you're look, looking up kind of like the pickup thing. It's like, you're not uh, meeting any woman at all. You're not sleeping with any woman at all. Okay. You want a hundred women in your life. Great. Um, but once you start going down that path, well, you, you pull it back a lot, a lot, but it same goes with this, this idea of. Um, well, I need to go out and practice how to be social. And then it becomes a chore and it becomes a task. Um, if there are days, I think if there are days when we're not feeling social, don't do anything, man. Stay at home. You don't have to go out every single day. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have, you really don't have to just practice on a few people a day. Same with like, and it's just the same principle that we can ease our way into all of these things. When we ease our way in and allow it, you know, we allow it to happen, uh, uh do it in such a way that we still feel good about ourselves and still feel good about what we're doing. There's an element of pushing ourselves, sure, um, but there's also an element of finding enjoyment in, in every single one of these moments. Same with, um, like you said, about you say hi to a couple of people a few times before you actually start a conversation with them. So do I. Exact same thing. We, when we have these, this hesitation, this kind of like cement feet syndrome where we can't go talk to that person, uh, I believe it comes because our mind is telling us, okay, now this person's over there. I have to go talk to him or her or whatever. And our mind's telling us, okay, well, now I have to have a conversation with them. Now I have, oh, they have to be interested in me. Oh, what am I going to say to get that? Okay, now I have to be funny. Uh, oh, they have to be engaged. And then maybe I have to get their phone number. Then they have to be my friend. Then I have to hang out with them next week. And all of these things are going through our mind before we've even gone up and done anything at all. 
And the truth of the matter is all you have to do is say hi with a friendly smile, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a word or two and that's it. And then walk away, right? So, you know, I always say, just say hi, hi with a friendly smile. Then the next people that you meet, you know, go around practice just a little bit. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Say one observation. Don't wait for them to respond. Just say the observation. Because once you have that quick 10 second conversation with somebody, 15 second conversation, nothing huge. The next time you see them in the same place again, it's like your old buddies, right? It's like you guys have known each other forever. Because like you said, people are, we're all walking past each other like this. Nobody's talking to anybody. Everybody's in work mode. Everybody's very disconnected. Um, but everybody's starving for that connection. You can make that one tiny little connection um, and plant those little seeds all around. Um, the next time you see those people, you're doing something that nobody else is doing. You know, and, and, and you know, you're, it's like you're sharing a moment together. And how, how rare is it you know, these days um, that, we, that adult strangers are able to share a moment together with no pretenses, with no expectations, nothing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, <clears throat> you know, I, and I've done it both ways for sure where it's like I have pushed through. What do you say? What do I do? What do I have to? And I pushed myself through it. Oh and still had a conversation and forced it versus coming from the place of just the next moment, the next thing, the next high, the next conversation. Yeah. And, and then it blossoms is the word that comes to mind in a totally different way, in a way that, that my mind couldn't even conceive of because our minds can only be limited anyway. That's the nature of having a mind. Hmm. Of, of, <laughs> I like that. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just kind of what I notice about it. And the more that I project, well, it's got to go this way, the more stilted and disconnected it is versus it feeling very alive and organic, like produce. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just feeling very, holy shit, like, or if, you know, I'm sure you, I know you've had this experience where you're like, you know, there, there is a girl or there's somebody you want to talk to. You're like, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know if, but there's not a lot of thinking going on. There's no have to's. And then all of a sudden you guys end up next to each other and are talking. Yeah. 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 You, but but usually that's what, like that. Right. Right. But, but, but a, a good chunk of the time, it does happen that way, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, a lot, so many times, you know, I'll, I'll especially when I'm doing one-on-one stuff, one-on-one coaching, you know, I'll get asked, okay, what did you say in that conversation? And I, I don't really know what I said. You know, sometimes I'll remember the words that I said, but it's like, why, well, like, why did you say the things you're saying? I have no reason. There's no reason at all. There's no reason behind it. You know, why, you know, why? And I think that this kind of, because um, it feels good, you know, because you want to. And that's where, why the work that we do, I think is so beautiful. The area that we work in is so beautiful because that's what, what we're doing is all about. There's no reason no. behind why to be, you know, why we want to be more social. There's no reason to connect to other people. You do it because it feels good. You know, and, and that's why I think it's it's so so beautiful and it's so pure in a way, and we come at it with a good intention. Yeah. Uh, and this good intention is, and actually this uh, this good intention I think is is extremely important. This is the foundation for it, um, which is why there's the big danger in I guess taking it back to what we were originally going to talk about, um, which is this uh, picking and choosing the type of people that you want to talk to, and um, just being social with everybody. Because we have this kind of, the more we are picking and choosing the people that we want to talk to, we've got this hidden agenda, right? Of like, okay, well, I only want to talk to cute girls or I only want to talk to um, handsome guys. I only want to talk to people at my work um, who, who um, are influential. And, and when we 
have, we've set this as the motivation behind why we want to be social, behind why we're connecting with other people, well, we're not really connecting with other people at all. We're not sharing anything about ourselves at all. We're taking, um, you know, and it doesn't, this is why it doesn't feel good. Uh, if we can release ourselves, let go of this need to, 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 to only gravitate towards certain people who can give us something, only be, gravitate towards certain people who can be a benefit to us in a certain way. It, we, it feels so much better. We are uh, ranking ourselves all the time, judging ourselves all the time compared to other people. Right, if we were, uh, you know, a guy and we see these cute girls over there, really cute, and over there there's girls who aren't so cute. Um, well, you, what you've just done there, you see, is the judgments that we've made about this girl over here and this girl over there, um, it's all in our mind. We're doing it to ourselves. The only thing we're judging here is, our, is ourselves and how attractive we think we are. Yeah. You know, and it's um, when we can release ourselves from that and talk to, for a guy and we want to meet girls, talk to all girls. Talk to all girls because every person's worth meeting. Every person, person's worth getting to know. Every connection is worth making. Mm. One's not going to bring you anything more than another. When you think it does, you see you've automatically started ranking yourself uh, in comparison to other people. And you're bringing yourself down in a big way. You're bringing other people down too and you're, and you're pushing other people up. But you're really not doing – we're not doing ourselves any, any favors. We're not doing ourselves any justice to who the person that we really are when we're doing this. Love that, man. It's – it, to me, and I like to make distinction, it's not us, it's our mind. It's our conditioning that's doing that. Because yeah. like you said, who we really are is not the conditioning. We're much more than that. We're, you know, and we all have our conditioning. Um, but we also don't need to uncondition ourselves necessarily. We just need to understand more that's what's happening. And then we get free of it. Yeah. We get free of it. Because the conditioning often keeps coming back. And there's even neurological things to say, well, the brain – the brain patterns, you know, we can rewire our brains with neuroplasticity. But I remember when I saw a therapist years ago, it said they think that some of the pathways still remain for evolutionary purposes. So you can't totally kill the pathway mm. and you don't have to. And you don't have to. Yeah. I like, think what I you said is eradicate so the limiting belief. I need to eradicate, you know, it's not, no, you don't. Yeah. 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 What you said is so beautiful and so important. I think that it may have even been over. Uh, you said it so quickly. I think it may have been over. I almost overheard it. And that is, uh, I can't even remember the exact words, but it was, um, uh, oh man, I can't even remember it now, but it was, it was basically what we were talking about. It's, you don't have to try to like overcome these things that you are, try to blast through these things that you are in the way that you're thinking. You just have to be aware of it. Yeah. And, and the awareness of it itself is curative. You know, the awareness of it itself will set us on the right course. Yeah. And, and that exactly, I love that. And I, and, uh, the awareness part, and but you know, we can have a whole conversation about what that means. Because <laughs> intellectually aware is not to be aware. Yeah. Only yeah. intellectually aware. It's to have the insight or the realization kind of aware. It's like, oh, which is a constant thing I've also noticed. Like, yes, we have big realizations, but real realization is continuous. Real awareness is continuous. Mm. It's not a big moment, then boom, you're done. That's a, a projected kind of okay, I'll get there someday. That's the overcoming, mm-hmm. right? Based, based on what we thought in the past of what might happen later. Yeah, and the overcoming is so prevalent in our culture, striving, succeeding, you know, striving to get something, mm-hmm. striving. And another video you saw, which is why I first reached out to you, I think is 
one on effortless effort, you know. Oh yeah, effortless action. Yeah. Effortless action. Yes, effortless action, which is actually better and clearer than effortless effort. Right? Those are those confusing things. Effortless action is when, of course, we want a result, but we're not striving. We're not Sisyphus, the myth of Sisyphus, the boulder, rolling the boulder up a hill and then rolling it back down again and rolling it back up. That's how so much of our culture is set up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and no wonder why we work ourselves to death and we work ourselves into misery and and i have plenty of that conditioning too and i love being successful i love succeeding believe me i'm working on a ton of shit right now but i've also started to realize that that setting something to overcome out here is the problem itself mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And i must over- and i got caught in that pattern the other night i got into a real real place of suffering mental suffering I was talking to my friend about it, but what happens more is more and more it's a springboard for higher realization, higher, oh shit, that's, the idea that I have to become better is part of the same pattern that makes me feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be a better man or improve or all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious about, I, I want to dial into this thing for the guys on women. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, about... My favorite topic. <laughs> awesome. Then we'll talk about it. You know, at the, you know, what's it, how do you see it? So we're, we're talking about connecting with everyone because, and I remember a story by a guy when I did some pickup workshops way in the past, like eight years ago or some shit, nine years ago. One of them was really good called Charisma Arts by this guy, Wayne Elise. Because it was oh, about, good. yeah. He's out here in San Francisco. He's in San Francisco, yeah. I think. Oh, is he? I think so. But. And there was a kid named Johnny Savior who used to, um, be one of his coaches and he's a young kid in mid twenties and he broke all the rules of pickup yeah. and connected with people. And women were like, you know, yeah. you just broke them all because he just connected with people. And he really taught me a lot about, about being social and um, Wayne, but I remember a story from Wayne Elise was he was coaching some clients in Australia and the guy's like, oh, I want to talk to the hot girl over there. It's like, like, just talk to these people here. This, Hey, this guy looks friendly. Go talk to him. He looks yeah. open. Yeah. And it ended up being that this guy knew that girl across the bar. And then they, you know. Yeah, exactly. And again, then also it's like, okay, then how do I structure that? And how do I, like, get that result? Eh, it doesn't work. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. So yeah. this being social part and then also – because we are talking about sexuality here and sexual connection, not just social connections mm. when it comes to attraction, you know, and there is a differentiation there, it seems to me, and maybe yeah. you see it differently. I don't know. How do you, you know, see that and how do you help somebody navigate that in terms of, okay, we'll be social, talk to everyone, but then they're like, well, what happens at the point of, you know, where we're supposed to be more sexual and attracted? Yeah. So two big things. Okay. So one is those are both great topics. Um, the first one, just when it comes to being social with everyone that you're telling me the the Wayne Elise, right? Says, well, just be social with these. Just be social with the people that are around you first, and then let's see what happens. And I think that is so spot on. That is so key. Mm-hmm. This is overlooked so much in pickup, and pickup has its place. And, and um, you know, I think that anybody watching this right now is kind of over it. Hope I, I think in a, a bit, but it's got. Um, but it has its place. It's a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Now, if you're stuck on that stepping stone forever, um, it's not. Then, then it can really start fucking you up because then you're just 
you know, there and you're just kind of running through the same loops over and over and over and over again, you're not getting anywhere and you're still not happy. Um, but, but it catches the right people at the right time with the right level of, uh, with, with, with a certain level of, I want to get here, but it's still a level of growth, right? So I think it definitely has its place. And then once you're there, then you think, okay, okay, I've gotten this now, what else is next? But, uh, I think pickup is a great entry. I shouldn't say it's great, but it's, it's a very useful entry into something much bigger. If we, if we, if we gain and, and we develop the awareness for that, right? Yeah. Um, but, the, but, but the whole, you know, the whole pickup the entire thing is, is predicated on, um, something very false, which is that you have to develop, you have to, um, go out of your way of whatever it is that you're doing in your shitty little life. And then you have to be this guy and you have to make yourself look like this. And then there's that girl over there and then you have to go talk to her over there. Um, and that is like, you can do that, but now see what you've done is you have a life. You had a life before this, before you decided to change your life for, to go talk to some to go talk to this girl over there that you don't even know. And you may not even like for all you know, who knows, you don't know anything about this girl over there. But if, and you've changed or you've kind of sacrificed or, or forsaken all this stuff that you are and all these things that you enjoy and your, the, the things that you like about yourself. And you've thrown that behind your shoulder. You've left that in your, you know, in your shoebox. You've gone after kind of to go chase this girl over there or that girl over there. What she's really interested in is all that is all of you that you've thrown in the shoebox. Mm. Um, so uh, there are women all around all the time, unless you're sitting in a room by yourself at home, then you got to start working on some lifestyle stuff. And that's a different question. But if you are going about your day and you are uh, living a relatively normal life, you're, there are going to be women all around you all the time and men and people. And, and there's, you know, we are a, humans are a, what do you call it? We're creatures of habit. We're a social creature. Um, we, we can cultivate our ability to interact in society, to cultivate our ability to, um, uh, uh, to connect with the world around us, not just with some girl way over there, but the world around us, you know, cause it, it's a, it's a network. It is it, the, the, the entire, our entire process of living, right? is an extremely complex network. When we can work on our integration in that network, um, the women will be all over. The women are all over, right? But we, but we forget about that. We try to leave the net because there's a cute fly over there. You know? <laughs> right, and so sort of what I hear you saying too is because a guy could be going out all the time, but if he has these differentiations in his mind, a lot of, oh, you know, women, actually, and, and actually women too, I, I, I had a, a call with uh, a potential woman client the other day and she was, you know, wanting to have uh, a boyfriend and because she's, but really, you know, shy and nervous inside and her friends are like, how do you get all the guys to come to you? And she's like, what? what, what? But, but she sort of realized it, but she sort of shoes it because she's so worried about what's next mm -hmm. right? and that it's so different and connecting and that, you know, and it's, there's a differentiating there. I do, I do differentiate. There is a way that women can still be, you know, guys will approach them even if they're quiet and shy, they're demure, right? Yeah. Guys, yeah. We got it, dude. It's unless you're like, you know, Brad Pitt gone shy or whatever, dude. It's like, you gotta be able to talk. Yeah. You know? If you're not doing anything, yeah, you have to do something. You have to start moving a little bit. Yeah, uh, definitely. But, um, but but it doesn't mean it's any less painful for women on the inside because 
eventually they're like, if they can't respond back or they shy away, then they don't get anything either. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I think women have the most, the strongest internal dialogue, much stronger internal dialogue than men in certain, mm -hmm. in certain regards, because they have so many things they have to worry about. Right. Um, you know, not just how is this guy going to react to me if, but how am I, how do I need to behave uh, in this situation uh, in order to conform to what this guy might think he wants of me. And all of these thoughts are just going through your head, you know, and it's, it's very, very tough. But in terms of this sexuality and sexual expression that you were talking about, um, at least on the part of men, women too, uh, this, and I love the way that you put it in the beginning. You said, okay, well, I can be social with everybody and I can work on my social skills and follow these principles and be myself and all this stuff. But at what point does this sex, sexuality thing come in? Because at some point, if I'm talking to a woman, I have to talk to her differently than a man. Um, at some point, if I'm talking to a woman and you know, I'm friendly with her, I have to kind of, it has to become sexual at some point, right? If I'm sexually interested in her. Yeah. Um, there is a, that's a construction I think that we create with our mind. That is not, but what I say and fundamentally believe, um, is that, uh, there's no point at which you switch it on. It's always there. Mm. So any, all, any sexual expression that you have is there right from the beginning, always. It's not something that you have to speak. It can be when you work on it and you start practicing it. Yeah. Then you kind of start practicing things like saying, okay, well, uh, you're attracted to this woman. Okay. Now practice saying it. Um, do you want to kiss her? Well, then you have to practice saying and practice doing it. You want to touch her, you have to practice doing that stuff on a date, right? Um, after a while, not even after a while, uh, what this is really doing, what this is really building up is, is our ability to communicate from the sexual channel, which is there constantly. You know, we have these channels of communication. I don't even know. I have no idea what all of them are. There's probably, it's, it's run so deep, so complex, much more than we can understand through spirituality, science, anything. Uh, the, it's an extremely complex form, the way in which human beings interact and, and communicate and connect. But there is something there. Um, there's something underlying, I think, when it comes to sexuality, sexual expression. And if you're a man and you want her to know that you're serious about her sexually, you're interested in her sexually, and you're serious about doing this, uh, you, this is something that is communicated, can be communicated through words and through talking, through actions and eye contact and all that stuff. Um, but on a much more fundamental level, it's something that's there all the time, right? T totally agree with that, especially because we can say something and we can say, you know, something like, I want to kiss you. And she's like, I'm not feeling that. You're, yeah. you're fronting. So <laughs> the words are merely an extension of the energetic channel. I like the word that you use channel that's already there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you follow that channel, Yes, we can learn some phrases or things to say, but we already, you know, if we follow that channel, it's like it's already ingrained in us. And I love that you said that, you know, I was out a couple months back with a woman and I was, you know, we were there talking, connecting and the whole thing was, and I was touching her and stuff, but she was very closed off, you know, and one possible move would have been to say, I noticed that you're closed off, right? That's what some people might say to do. Didn't do that. What happened was at one point I was like, my, I, got, I got no more moves here. I looked down <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I looked at her leg and she goes, what do you like my knee or something? And I just looked at her knee. Then I looked her up and down and said, no, I like your body. And the whole thing blew open. Great. But I followed, I followed that feeling that was within me that I wanted her. Yeah. And it occurred to me in that moment, it just came up of what's true for me here. And it hits yeah. on the, the confidence equals truth thing. And what's true is 
No, I've, I've, I've been wanting to find a way to express it. And I guess I haven't been doing a very good job. Yeah, yeah. Or you haven't been open to it or whatever. And then, and then I just went from there and it was a really awesome night. Yeah, that's great. You know what that reminds me of what we, what we do is um, we block it off, not just in our communication with her or with him. If you're, if you're a woman, this is the same for women, same for men. We or, if or if you're LGBTA, sorry, I don't <laughs> All right, yes, true. Also, I, I know people can get upset if we don't, we've got to include everybody, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, oh my God, especially two women. That that would be, that's very tough, I'm sure. But um, I would imagine. But um, I'm talking about sexual communication now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what we do is we block off the communication, the sexual communication, not just from us to him or us to her, or us, you know, but we do it in our own mind. We do it to ourselves. We block, we, we suppress it. You know, these thoughts are going through, we're thinking, oh no, I can't think these thoughts right now. It's not the right time yet. I'm only on the first date. Or, oh, and I just met her at the supermarket or, or you know, um, we just, we're at a party and this is, I can't be thinking these, I have to be like civilized and I have to be a good person and uh, I have to ask her about her interests and I have to show that I'm interested in all these things and um, I have to be charming and tell jokes, non-sexual ones. But what I can't possibly do is have these sexual thoughts of what I want to be doing to her in the bedroom going through my head. Cause if I'm having those, uh, uh, you know, I can't be having that. So we're, we're, we're pushing it down. Whether it now, whether that's our own sexual shame or it, it's, um, uh, the belief that it's somehow inappropriate, any of these things doesn't really matter what the belief is, but we're, we're suppressing it and we're not letting it flow through us. When we let it flow through us first in our own minds, then we start feeling it. And then it becomes much more easy to express it. What we do is we push it down, pretend like we're not having these thoughts. Then uh, we're thinking, okay, now I have to go in for the kiss. Oh, how do I do it now? Because I've been suppressing it the whole time. So you're like built all this buildup. We have all this sexual buildup that's down here. And then, you know, and then you get this kind of friend zone like situation a lot where it's like, then it's like, okay, I'm going to go in for the kiss. Why are you trying to kiss her? And she's like, what are you doing? Right? Because you have, you've been, we've been, we haven't communicated anything at all. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, for me, I find it, I still run up against those things to like, Oh, is it this, is it this time? And, but it's feeling through that. Um, the sexual tension is a fascinating thing too. And how that, but, but again, the connection piece, it comes to me, it comes back to that connection piece. It's like, we can be sexual. And if there's no connection there, it, it, you know, may work and may get a guy somewhere or whatever somebody somewhere but um it just seems to happen when i address the connection um with someone and in this case with a woman versus and the connection to my sexuality or whether i'm being suppressed by sexually shaming thoughts or yeah yeah whatever there's the awareness piece where the awareness can be curative yeah this connection that you're saying sorry go ahead no you go Um, the connection that you're saying is so to sit in that is so, so helpful to always come back to this. Um, and it can help in small talk and help in uh, on a date. It can help in many things. It's not just what you're saying. You know, we think of this, even when it comes to sexuality and saying, okay, now I have to show her I'm sexually interested in her. Um, or how, or or it's a woman, it's even harder. How can I show him that I'm interested in him without being vulgar and, 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 and saying all this stuff. Right. And because, and as a woman, you're opening up. You're opening up, and if you open up to a man and he doesn't receive it, I mean that can feel really. I mean that can feel devastating. Um, and a lot, you know, and like flip side, the guy, you know, guys don't see the signs and they want it the whole time. 
and they don't realize when a woman's opening up or he's too afraid to do something and she's hurt because he didn't do anything, he's thinking, oh my God, she didn't give me any signs. You know, he's thinking, oh God, one, one, <laughs> one sign and I would have been in there, you know, and, and he's not seeing any signs at all. But, um, uh, oh, but this connection, right, is that, uh, or sorry, um, who, seeing who the person is behind the words is so important. You know, we get lost in the words so many times. Listening to the words, words convey information. They convey something about our personality and the pitch and the tone convey how we feel and all these things. Um, but behind this, who is the person who is speaking the words to you? You know, who is the person who is um, saying the things that they're saying? Uh, this is a whole other operation, I think, of, 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 um, of human communication, right? It's who is this person behind the words that they're saying? Who is this person who's telling me the story? Um, and that I think can 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 lead us to beautiful, beautiful places. We get we get fixated on the words, and we think, "Oh, this is boring small talk. I don't like talking about this. Can we talk about something else?" But meanwhile, we're ignoring the underlying thing, which is who is the person I'm talking to. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of doing all that stuff. <laughs> but, sure. You know, but it's it's it happens at the same time. We think like, "Okay, I should stop listening to the words and start listening to the person." No, you you listen to both. You open up what you're hearing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Include, 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 include. Don't switch, but include more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And so I'm curious about that. Like that. Can you say more what you mean by who that person is beyond, you know, the agenda to communicate that I like this person or whatever, or what they're saying, blah, blah, you know? Yeah, well, in a, in, a, in a sexual way, it's a little bit different, right? Well, I guess in, in terms of just you're meeting somebody and you're having small talk with them, um, we are kind of, we tune out of the talk because we're not interested in it. Or, yeah. we're, trying to, or we're trying to think like, okay, how can I uh, change this to something that's going to be more interesting to me, uh, blah, 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 blah. All these things. Well, is the person who you're speaking to interesting to you? Because if the person who you're speaking to is interesting to you, you can you, you move the conversation in the direction that you want because of the uh, based on your interest in the person, not on your interest in what they're saying. So we have this tendency to sort of take the words that they're saying and say, "How can I switch these words into something more interesting?" Mm-hmm. And we never ask what you know um, what inspired them to say these things that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like this. Um, uh, tell me more about your travels or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Uh, instead, we, we, we're kind of taking the story that they're telling us and we're trying to move the story instead of taking the story that, you know, um, let, let's put this in a date situation. And you're asking women these questions. First, you audit a date and you learn you know, that you have the big mistake and you just talk and talk and talk about yourself and you don't listen to what she says. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, well, he didn't listen. Great. He just likes to talk about himself. Then you learn your lesson. And the next, then you kind of do the opposite. You say, okay, now I'm going to listen. And now I'm going to ask all these questions. And then you become like the interview machine, right? And you're saying, okay. I'm going to do this thing. Yay. That's the right solution. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. (laughs) And then she's saying all these things and we're asking more questions and asking more questions. And we're still not listening. You know, we've replaced the um, not listening with talking. We've replaced that with not listening by asking questions. We're not taking in what she's actually saying because kind of we're – you know, if she's painting this beautiful painting for us, we're asking her to lay out her story for us right here, and she's giving it to us. She's laying it on, and we're not actually looking at what she's giving us. We're saying, "Give us, give me more, give me more." Yeah, right, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And we're not actually looking at the painting that she's pic- the, the picture that she's painting for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, or we, or we take what she says and we try to dissect it. We have the, we're the kind of the judgmental guy, and we say, "Oh, you're like this because this. Oh, you must be a logical thinker." Blah blah blah. And then we're dissecting all of these things, but we're not actually looking. And that's kind of like a guy who looks, goes and looks at a painting and he 
can tell you all about why Picasso's blue period was blue and then how that ended up turning, you know, it was in 1935 and then how that ended up turning into cubism, blah, 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 and all these other people were doing this. And they're deconstructing the painting, but are they appreciating it? And there's uh, uh, a lot to be learned from simple mere appreciation. Dude, I, I, so, I so love that. I agree with that. Just before we had a talk here, I went and saw you two on Sunday. Um, they came here to Denver and it was just awesome. And I'm listening to you two this morning and I saw a live performance of their song called Ordinary Love mm. and Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. And I just was like brought to tears, man. Mm. And, and I, and I just, cause I'm a musician. I can deconstruct everything mm -hmm. right to understand it. But I feel fortunate that I don't have the capacity not to do that all the time. And, and I, I was about to send, I did send it to a friend, but sometimes when I send this friend who's also a musician, but he's very intellectual about it, he deconstructs it sometimes. And I, I just had this fantasy conversation going, dude, <laughs> listen to what's in front of you. Don't compare it. Ah, that's great. Because, and, and the parallel here for what you said is, and what I was getting and so affected by when you said that was, even like it's the way she's painting it, not even the details. Right to get to see who she really is who that person is is what's behind even the details what's how she's kind of emanating that which happens from how we listen to mm. has to be a space for it otherwise why would she do that we have to have curiosity and we listen in a certain way or in a deeper way that we get a sense a deeper sense of who she is that goes beyond even the painting mm -hmm. the artist behind the painting you yeah. get the sense but the painting is the painting and the expression of where that came from is what's fascinating to me and that is kind of infinite. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly that. That's what I was looking for. And I couldn't think of the words. And that's where that connection is like mind blowing. It's like, it doesn't make any sense going back to what you said before. Well, why did you say that in a conversation? I don't know, just because I wanted to. Mm. And the less sense that we make of these things, the easier things can happen. We had a, a 30th birthday party here last weekend for my roommate and i was with we were playing this game called bocce ball i don't know if you know bocce yeah, ball I know bocce, yeah i love bocce a little ball and you throw it in and we were drinking beers and like we took it outside around the house and like we're just loud at you know being loud and i noticed i really noticed how it was almost like we were a bunch of barking dogs going blah 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 like it didn't it didn't even fucking matter what we said but we were all having such a good time and connected Mm -hmm. and the language and everything was so beyond the yeah. vibe energy and the, and the connections that we had i don't even know want to call them social but yeah we were you know a group of five six six guys it changed and i noticed I'm like i gotta i gotta i gotta tell the community about this about how you can talk gibberish yeah when you have a connection you can say anything and it's about that connection absolutely man yeah it's so true so so true you know how they say you know the trip you take a trip somewhere and, and unless you're by yourself, which I always advocate taking trips by yourself, especially if you're dealing, if you're dealing with a lot of social anxiety and connection. But aside from that, let's say you take a trip somewhere and you go with your friends or whatever you go with some people and it's an amazing bonding. It's a great time. And the people make the trip, right? Not the, not the environment that you go to, you know, let's say you take a trip to Greece, but you go with your, you know, four close friends and you guys just have an amazing time. It's the people that make it, um, not Greece itself. Cause you can go another time with other people and not have such a good time. Uh, but at the same time, it's not, and it's not what you talked about because you don't remember the conversations that you had. You just remember that it was a great time. 
Isn't that curious? So, so this is just been an awesome conversation, man. Let's I think it's probably time to wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts for people in this in this topic, or any words of wisdom from Shogo? No. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. You know what I think? It. You know I think it's um, what it comes down to. I think, and it, it, this is some kind of addressing both of our audiences. When you say words of wisdom, you know, to you know. We think we have to say the right thing, and we think there are these kind of there are certainly words of wisdom, of course. But we think that it, we put so much importance on it, and we um, and 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 we pay so much attention to the words and the things that we're saying, and make sure that the words that we're saying are intelligent and that they come out right and that they have the right uh, you know intonation and and we're well spoken and all these things that we want. Um, but there's so much more behind that. And I think when we are able to kind of cultivate those things that are behind it, whether it's our lifestyle kind of we talked about, or whether it's the way that we look at other people, right? The way that, how we judge other people, whether it's kind of like this, um, our, our thoughts flowing freely within us, or are we suppressing our thoughts prior to them coming out, right? A lot of times our words come out strangely because we're suppressing the thoughts first, whereas the thoughts we really have to worry about and the words will start coming. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things, but we focus on this, the product. It's almost like the words, the final thing. We focus on this final thing. We want that to be, the package to be shiny. Um, but we don't look at the, you know, the factory making a package too much. Um, so, and that, and that's where like that, that's where all the real beauty is and where the real magic is, I think, you know, and that's just, there's so much juicy, interesting stuff back there. Um, but again, I think, I guess the one thing I want to say is that I think my favorite part of our discussion, I think we were definitely on the same page there is this, um, the purity of it of what we're working in here, you know, and this discussion that we're having. And anybody watching this also is part of the discussion. It's not like um, it's a discussion more than anything. And I think that we're kind of providing that space and that ground to, to, to open up that discussion. Um, kind of this, uh, um, that human connection, human interaction, are, are, are striving to want to be more social, striving to want to connect with people, to speak directly from our minds and from our hearts. Um, uh, when our intention is, is pure and our, when our intention is good, that's when it really feels right. Yeah, I love that. That's what it feels like to me too. Is that pure place of purity, or even innocence? Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond all the conditioning and the agendas, which is just from conditioning anyway, pretty much. So, mm -hmm. you know what we think we should do and have to, and this will make us happy, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah man, so great. Um, love loved our conversation, and I love how it's just a, a space for conversation because, but for our thinking and what ifs and have tos that get in the way, we. A lot of times we just already know what to do. I think pretty much almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we know what to do and we don't know at the same time. We do and we don't and we know what, yeah. So it's, it's a big mess in there. We get to know by not knowing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All that paradoxical Zen shit. Mm -hmm. um, so so how, can, how can they find you? Tell us about how to link up, connect with you. If you want to talk about anything else you got going on? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I have a, a website called the social generation.com and that's, um, I don't write too much on there, but I have a newsletter that, um, that I love to send newsletters out here and there. I have a hard time keeping up with it. So I don't, I never bombard people with anything and just, just my thoughts and a lot of kind of very similar stuff that we've been talking about. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is my name, Shogo Garcia. You can find me there. And, um, other than that, yeah, I don't have like a lot to sell. I don't have a lot to plug, but I, I you know, I, I have, I will have some stuff coming out in the future. I've got a program coming out, a twelve week program, mm. but um, which, uh, which, and I'm going through all the stuff myself. So it's, uh, you know, it's a video course, and I also go through all the exercises that I give um, to kind of, uh, cool. uh, yeah, 
Um, but other than that, yeah, I'd love to hear from uh, anybody that watched this interview. Just go onto my uh, website, my contact page or whatever, and uh, drop me a line. Yeah, absolutely. Drop comments here. Go yeah, subscribe here. to Shogo stuff. Um, go to his website. I'll make sure to put all the links, of course, so you oh, guys it, can find it easily. Is this, on, is this going on YouTube, or is it going, or is this on your... It's going on, yeah. We're going to be on YouTube, so all the uh -huh. links below and through through the video, I'll, I'll do that as well, so you guys can can link up and connect uh, cool. with Shogo. So th thanks so much for being here, man. I love the conversation, and hopefully we'll do some more in the future too. And Yeah, David, I loved it too. It was great, man. And uh, thanks for, for you guys watching. Please do um, post comments down below and check out Shogo stuff. And until next time, we are complete. Hey, Coach David here. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. For over a decade now, I've helped hundreds of thousands of people to improve their lives, whether it's via my coaching, courses, or my social media content. And so if you want to learn more about how to break through, how to up-level your confidence, charisma, communication skills, and create that positive influence and impact with a powerful and magnetic presence, also you can create success in work, love, socially, in all relationships and in life, then I want you to go on over to YourSocialClass.com. Again, that's your socialclass.com. And what I've done over there is put together an in-depth training resource for you right there on that page. It's going to walk you through the exact strategies that I had to learn and use in my own life to this day and that I use with my own clients to help them create the change they seek with confidence, charisma, developing that magnetic presence, all the people skills to help them create the success they want in life. So go right now on over to yoursocialclass.com. Again, that's yoursocialclass.com. See you there.